0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for March the 13th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is Hour Two of Two, the goal always is to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, and to do so using the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, a.k.a. the Supreme Law of the Land. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Lowell Nelson with me, CampaignForLiberty.org. Welcome, sir.
2: Oh, Good to be here, Sam. Thank you for having me.
1: Wow, a couple of quick details. First, the January 6th thing is blowing up in the face of the mainstream press liars uh, along with uh, the Democrats. The problem is I believe the Republicans are telling just as deceptive of a story. The Democrats want you to believe that, a hey, Trump MAGA folks went crazy and created a violent insurrection and Donald's responsible. That's the Democrat and the mainstream press narrative for the last couple of years. But now Tucker's firing back, and good for him because he's exposing a lot of things. Elon Musk firing back to exposing a lot of things. That's good. The problem is they want you to believe that it's all a lie by the Democrats. By the whatever, the media. The truth is, lull, both sides are telling you a lie. Here's the facts. There were government provocateurs in bed with unknown provocateurs who created an insurrection, who destroyed property, who uh, created violence. Those people need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But the Republicans, the Democrats, the whoever on all, both sides, the extreme views need to go away and the truth needs to be told. Were there insurrectionists? Absolutely. Many of them were cops working for the government. We have them on video and proof. Were there peaceful people there? The majority were peaceful. Um, were they? Are they distorting facts about who's who? Absolutely. But the real criminals who created an insurrection that day are being let go. And yes, both sides are so extreme that, well, they're not going to have anybody prosecuted or any transparency or any accountability. They're both going to go to their extremes and duke it out and then go back to their corners and nothing of consequence is going to happen if we're not very careful. Let's be clear. Those who committed violent acts, those who literally um, created an insurrection, those who were involved in violence, They need to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, regardless of what faction they come from, even if they work for the Justice Department, the FBI, the Capitol Police, whoever. But the good guys need to be let go, and it seems like what's happening out of this is no matter which side you pick, the bad guys are running around free and the good guys are going to jail and being prosecuted. And nothing Tucker or anybody else is going to do by just blaming the other side of this partisan divide is going to help, lol.
2: Well, um, yeah, and see, that's the part that everybody's missing. There's still people in jail waiting trial for their so-called involvement in the January 6th uh, so-called insurrection. Um, but tell me again, Sam, what are the what, what are the Republicans doing? Uh, blame uh, you know that you know blaming the other side. Well, that uh, that, that it's, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not am not following you on that point. Well, let me give
1: you, let me give you an example. Here's the deal. The Department of Justice played information about Chansley, okay, for the court to secure the heavy sentence against him, against Chansley. That's the QAnon shaman guy. While Mm -hmm. the government withheld the videotapes contradicting that account. Okay? But both sides, one side says he's a bad guy. Look what he was doing. Uh, And then the other side says, no, he was really peaceful. Well, both sides have some truth and some errors in them. Yeah. The fact is, was he violent? No. Um, Were the cops leading him around and helping him, unlocking doors and everything? Yes. Was he peacefully trying to tell people to obey the president and go home? Yes. Well, why are we focusing on that guy then when both narratives say, well, the guy must have been kind of crazy? Uh, but harmless, and then Chansley gets four years in prison for a nonviolent, police-escorted tour. Well, now you let Ray Epps go because the conservatives ask questions. Tucker and others ask questions. But all the government says is, well, while the investigation's going on, we can't tell you anything about that. The Democrats say, hey, um, it's really all these bad guys. It's Donald that led the charge. Well, what gives? Okay, now Naomi Wolf apologizes to the MAGA folks and everybody else saying, oh my gosh, I was so wrong. I was duped by the false J6 narrative. The J6 narrative was partially false, but it's partially true. There were people who were violent. Some people died. Okay, let's be clear. Who died? Well, the lady that got shot. That was a peaceful veteran. She's dead. Who shot her? The violent cop without any justification for the shooting. Okay. That guy needs to go to prison. But I don't see Tucker focusing on that. I don't see the Republicans focusing on that. I don't see the Democrats focusing on that at all. All right. What about the peaceful versus the violent people that were part of, uh, uh, Stuart Rhodes group oath keepers you know what most of them were peaceful good guys who created a stack formation and helped the cops we have evidence of it on video uh, but yet there might have been some provocateurs that infiltrated the oath keepers that were violent and caused a problem mm-hmm. how do we separate who's who and get to the bottom of it? see neither side's doing that Lowell
2: mm. yeah see I thought that I, I thought that investigation was still going on and that you know more of this stuff no folks are already people
1: are already convicted Stuart Rhodes is already convicted Mm. and my response is why new videos coming out new evidence is coming out all the time right Mm -hmm. um Stuart Rhodes didn't even go into the Capitol buddy Mm -hmm. but yeah there were provocateurs probably within the Oath Keepers I agree but until you start you know arresting people like Ray Epps who we have on video acting as provocateur unless you start arresting some of the cops that literally were in in in, moving or using incendiary devices and antagonizing the crowd what about them what about the girl that got trampled right Uh So there's so many pieces to these stories here. You got the epic Times with one narrative. You got the government with another narrative. Now you got Tucker with his narrative. But none of the narratives, in my opinion, are taking this case by case and prosecuting to the fullest extent of the law. Uh What's going to happen is everybody's going to leave, well, with their own narrative. But at the end of the day, John Turley, for example, raises big questions about this whole thing going, wait a minute. What's going on? Right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, we heard for two years that Chansley was this bad guy. Now we hear the cops are, you know, leading him around the Capitol. Well, let me Mm -hmm. ask you this. If the QAnon shaman's guilty of criminal activity, what about the cops that opened doors for him and led him around the buildings? Shouldn't those cops be going to prison too? Mm -hmm. Or don't we got to let Jacob go? Which is it, sir? See, this is what I mean. Mm,
2: Okay. I'm with you. Where's the Republicans?
1: Half the Republicans are going, all this is bogus. Let it go. You can't do any good. The other half are going, Tucker's right. Naomi Wolf's going, sorry, MAGA guys. Everybody else is going, Donald's still guilty. That means nothing. But nothing's happening to anybody for real accountability. Prosecute the criminals for criminal activity and let the rest go, sir. When are we
2: going to get there? Yeah. Yeah. Great question, Sam.
1: (laughs) I just find this fascinating. Who's calling for this but me? Do you know anybody? Mm. No, no. Yeah, you gotta bust out and go to the Liberty Roundtable Lives think Tank, ladies and gentlemen, to get to the bottom of this. Think through this. What is their agenda here? Is their agenda to create accountability and stop criminal activity? No. Um, where are the Republicans? We haven't really heard the Republicans double down and say that hey, there was Antifa or Black Lives Matter or Proud Boys really there, that they're evil and they have created some provocative actions. The Oath Keepers may have been infiltrated, and some of those guys may have created provocateur items. How about the Capitol Cops? How about Nancy Pelosi? When Donald said, I've got, you know, we can, we can use the National Guard here, and Nancy said no. What about this black police officer that said, hey, I asked if um, I could go ahead and evacuate people. No one responded. So then I asked again, and no one responded, and I told him that I'm going to evacuate anyway and that I would take the consequences as myself. So he dons a MAGA hat so that he can run through the crowd unmolested. He said, I don't, I'm not really a Donald guy, but I put on the hat because I knew if I didn't have one and I was a cop, they might stop me and cause me problems. But if I had a Trump hat on, they'd let me go. So he wisely put on a Trump hat, evacuated a bunch of people, and now he's being prosecuted. This is the huh. cop that tried to save everybody. Yeah, that's crazy. What the man. heck is, where's the Republicans to call this out? Am I the only one calling out the bad guys here? I just don't get it. Everybody else wants to play partisan politics and have their favorite narrative? Tucker wants to say, hey, it was all a big lie. No, it wasn't. There was bad guys there. Well, the reason Tucker wants to call it all a lie is because he's controlled by the deep state. And Fox News and, and those guys, hey, he can't really pin the tail on the donkey either, can he? He can make the Democrats look bad. The Democrats can make the Republicans look bad. The Republicans to be divided over the issue. Everybody can run around and blame everybody else, but nobody can really pin the tail on the donkey. The FBI, the Justice Department, the mainstream press, in bed with agent provocateurs, pulled off this coup and blamed it on Donald. Yeah. And we're going to let that be the narrative? And we're going to be so stupid as American people that we can't figure out who the real enemy is? It's government agent deep state provocateurs, folks. All right, when we get back, we'll switch topics. Lowell has a whole deck full of incredible information. Straight ahead on Liberty Roundtable Live.
2: This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. Ninety percent of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com
0: Have you ever had great honey?
1: All right, Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org with me, ladies and gentlemen. So I want you to give me your first headline, and I had to rewrite it slightly to make a point, Lowell. And that's why I <laughs> talked so much about the scandals that have been taking place with regards to this J6 thing, because the scandals continue the same fashion. Both sides lie and deceive you and point you away from the truth. In every single story in the news that I see today, here's the next example. Your headline, Lowell?
2: It is. Biden's officials claim rogue Ukraine, Ukrainian Navy SEALs sabotage Nord Stream pipelines.
1: All right, you ready for my rewrite of the headline? You bet. Biden officials claim, then I wrote this, without evidence, rogue Ukrainian Navy SEALs sabotage Nord Stream pipelines. They don't have evidence. They claim this without evidence, sir. Where's the <laughs> conservatives, the Republicans, whoever you want to call, where's the other side to tell you that? See, they're all deep yeah. state. And no one's calling out the real truth. They don't have any evidence of this, sir.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, Sam. Well, I read four different stories um, in the alternative media about how um, outlandish this claim is. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, all four authors of, these, of the articles, they said, you know, the Biden administration says this will happen, but there is no evidence. There's absolutely no way. That uh, this Ukrainian, this rogue Ukrainian group could have done what the Biden administration is claiming they did. And I mean, these are four different independent people saying, you know, they're, they're calling uh, a BS on the story from the Biden administration. So I just chose one of them to, to you know, to describe for us this morning how how outlandish this, this story really is. I mean... The, the story, it got, it must, uh, right, or Seymour Hersh's article, uh, expose, uh, published February 8th, must have got some traction. I mean, because the, the Biden administration um, came out with their own story just last week, right? So about a month later. So Seymour Hersh's article came February 8th. Basically, he was saying that U.S. and Norway sabotaged the Nord Stream pipelines between Russia and Germany. Well, so here then just, you know, within three weeks or four weeks, you've got this other story coming out because probably the Biden administration is getting a lot of heat from Seymour Hersh's story, which which I believe is far more believable uh, than than this, this most recent story from the Biden administration. What they're saying, what the Biden administration is claiming is that this unnamed Ukrainian group, and, and I will... Hastily uh, admit, Sam, that they're doing so without any evidence. <laughs> they're just making this story up out of thin air and uh, they're claiming that it's the real deal. Well, the claim is so laughable, Sam, but it does harmonize with other tall tales from this administration. You know, the tall tales such as the uh, that bat soup led to the global pandemic, right? That's one tall tale. Another tall tale, they say, they they tell is that humanity had achieved a miracle cure vaccine that which was 100% effective according to Pfizer right that's another very tall tale and so this tall tale here is is just now you know it's a it's the sibling of <laughs> these tall tales they're telling they're telling the sources for the story are completely anonymous intelligent agents right and Quote, the reporters on the byline have a reputation for peddling stories for three letter agencies, regardless of the veracity of their claims. End of quote. Right? So, this, this us uh, see, who wrote this article I was uh, talking about? Oh, Ron Paul Institute. Yeah, I forget who wrote this article, but they're, 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 he's saying these journalists <laughs> are very loyal media assets, as proven by their shameless, routine publishing. ...of unsourced declarations from non-identified anonymous intelligence agents. In exchange, they are awarded with journalism awards. Yeah, right. Well, so let's examine the the basic claim in this story. The first first big claim is that these actors were pro-Ukrainian forces. But the unnamed intelligence agent said it was a proxy force... ...with connections to the Ukrainian government or, or its security services. Well... there are several reasons to dismiss this idea that some rogue Ukrainian special force divers set the explosive charges on the pipeline. Number one, and most importantly, the sabotage was done just outside the territorial waters of Denmark. Uh, We talked about that last week in the Baltic Sea, nowhere near Ukraine. And any Ukrainian forces uh, would have had to to, to travel by land or sea or air over Poland in order to get to the Baltic Sea, and uh, they would need sophisticated equipment. I mean, you go 260 feet down, yeah, that's that's not child's play. I mean, you and I we can dive 10, 20, 30 feet down, but there's no way we can go 260 feet down without special equipment, people to monitor that equipment, um, you know, an iron lung machine just in case uh, we needed that. Right. I mean, that's the type of equipment and this yacht that they claim was used to, um, uh, you know, to facilitate these deep dives to set the charges. This yacht it, it certainly did not even have the capacity to handle the personnel, the, the, charge, the explosive charges on, on all the equipment that would have been required to, to accomplish this sabotage. It, it's, just, it's just nonsense, <laughs> the this, this, uh, this story from the Biden administration. Right. And and so, well, I mean, there really are only a handful of countries with resources to execute this sophisticated deep sea multi-pronged sabotage operation. U.S. could have done it. Russia could have done it. Probably China could have done it. But, you know, Ukraine, they barely have a functioning navy before Russia invaded Ukraine. And Moscow has since eliminated much of what Ukraine had pieced together, you know, through their capture of of Mariupol, and, and other coastal campaigns. Ukraine has zero aircraft carriers, zero submarines, zero destroyers, and the rest of its vessels are either decades old or they've been damaged or eliminated by the Russian forces. So, uh, well, plus Ukraine has denied any involvement in the Nord Stream pipeline sabotage. You'd think that if they wanted it to, to, you know, to sabotage the pipeline, they would have at least taken credit for it. But you know this New York Times piece simply is not credible, Sam, because the alleged saboteurs simply did not have the capacity to have done the deed. I find Seymour Hersh's story much more persuasive, much more credible, and much more believable. Sam
1: sadly, you want to know why I say the story's not credible? Yeah, go ahead because that's how the government tells you that it is, and so you know that it's bogus, yep. <laughs> I know that's sad, folks, but that (laughs) has become the narrative we have to assume, though. Look at January 6th. The FBI and the Justice Department are the ones peddling most of the propaganda. They literally had video that shows how peaceful this um, QAnon guy is, but they chose to show the video to convict him and hold the rest, and now that's coming out. See? In the Ammon Bundy case. The FBI lied and withheld a evidence to the point where the judge had to throw the whole case out. This is what I'm talking about, folks. So the biggest evidence I have is the government claims something. What do they say? Nothing's official until it's first been denied? I and mean, that's what we're kind of at, folks. It's insane. All right, like- we'll give you another example to make the point, ladies and gentlemen. War and the Constitution. Incredible article from Judge Andrew Napolitano, he wrote it at 10thAmendmentCenter.com. LOL?
2: He begins with several questions uh, quote Can the president fight any war he wishes? Can Congress fund any war it chooses? Are there constitutional and legal requirements that must first be met before war is waged? Can the United States legally attack an ally? end of quote, right? And then he writes this. He says, these questions should be front and center in a debate over the U.S. involvement in Ukraine. Well, and I agree, <laughs> but there has been no such debate, and there's very few media outlets that have the courage to pose such questions. Now, we, we know, Sam, that the general government has authority only for expressly enumerated powers. However, Judge Napolitano writes this, he says, Congress has managed to extend its reach beyond the confines, confines of the Constitution domestically by spending money in areas that it cannot regulate and purchasing compliance from the states by bribery. Examples of this are the numerical maximum blood alcohol content, right, to trigger DWI arrests and also the maximum speed limit. In both instances, Congress offered money to the state to pave highways provided this, that they lower both numbers, right? They wanted to to lower the the minimum blood alcohol content, and they wanted to lower the maximum speed limits, right, in order to get the cash, right? And so these cash-strapped states then accepted the money along with the congressional strings. Well, these are bribes, says Judge uh, Andrew Napolitano, and he's right. And then he goes on to explain that this happens in foreign policy as well, Sam.
1: We'll talk 100%. about it in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org is his website. Look, anywhere in the nation, there's a Campaign for Liberty leader near you. Get involved with them. They're making an incredible difference. Campaign for Liberty for adults? And what do they call it? It's uh, Well, we'll talk about it in seconds. Hang tight.
0: Protecting Your Liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. The total collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and New York Signature Bank over the weekend has many Americans on edge as President Biden addressed the American people this morning.
2: All customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured, I'm mean, going to rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. The management of these banks will be fired. If the bank is taken over by FDIC, the people running the bank should not work there anymore.
0: At least eight people are dead and possibly over a dozen are missing after a pair of small boats capsized off the San Diego, California coast Saturday night during rough seas. An unidentified Hispanic woman called 911 claiming her boat made it to the beach, but the other one capsized with 15 people on board. One senior lawmaker has major reservations about the spending proposal from the White House. Appearing on Fox News Sunday, Louisiana Senator John Kennedy ripped into the $6.8 trillion proposal, saying Biden's promise that it would solve the country's financial problems shows that he doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: Anything seems possible when you don't know what you're talking
0: about. Everything Everywhere All at Once won Best Picture at the 2023 Oscars held at the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles, California last night. Michelle Yeoh won the Best Actress from Everything Everywhere, and Brandon Fraser took home the Best Actor Award for his performance in The Whale. Gentlemen, you laid your whale-sized hearts bare so that we could see into your souls like no one else could do, and it is my honor to be named alongside you in this category. This is USA News. Meet Joe A, Hi. Joe B, hello, and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is logging his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B is cruising toward his new ride with Autoscape. And Joe C's Chase Banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect, support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit Chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. JP Morgan Chase Bank, NA Member FDIC.
1: Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, Campaign org with me. And uh, I was mentioning right before the pause, get a hold of a Campaign for Liberty uh, leader near you. They're incredible. The work they do is tremendous. You need to be involved with them and support all that they do. And I mentioned their counterpart, Young Americans for Liberty, on college campuses all across the country. Great people doing a phenomenal job. My Utah State Director, Lowell Nelson with me now doing a phenomenal job. We're talking about this incredible Judge Andrew Napolitano article, War on the Constitution. You know what, we uh, certainly need to ask these questions that he asks. Can the president fight any war he wishes? Can Congress fund any war it chooses? Are there constitutional and legal requirements that must first be met before war is waged? Can the United States legally attack an ally? Wow. Fundamental truths, ladies and gentlemen, which really documents a just or an unjust war. No one's willing to come clean on this, not the Republicans or the Democrats. Ron Paul is. Campaign for Liberty is. Um, a few people are. Lou Rockwell, other places like that. Liberty Roundtable, but not very many, Lol.
2: You got that right, Sam. Very few people question Congress of question the president on this matter they think that they you know they want the president to have the power as long as it their president's in power they want the president to have the, you know the unfettered um, access to you know wage war on anybody right that's what they think but they're so far outside the Constitution I think it's health, healthy for us to remind ourselves that the the state never empowered uh, the the president to you know, declare war on anybody or to, to, to make war on anybody. They can defend the country, right, if an attack is imminent, but they can't go make war. And yet that's what the U.S. is doing, um, uh, basically, with this, this war in Ukraine, right? There's no, uh, there's no declaration of war on Russia. Uh, Congress has not declared war on Russia. Russia poses no threat to America. And the U.S. has no treaty with Ukraine that would trigger military defense of Ukraine. But Congress spends money on war in Ukraine anyway. I mean, that's the judge's point. Under the Constitution, folks, only Congress can declare war, as was done in 1941, you know, in World War II. But Congress has permitted the president to fight undeclared wars, such as Bush's invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq, and also the War Powers Resolution of 1973, which was renewed again in uh, prior to the Afghanistan invasion, right? I mean, this is what's happening, and yet Congress refuses to step up to the plate to either declare war, number one, or number two, to stop or impeach the president for having declared a war without authority, right? Congress is namby-pamby and refuses to do what they should do. Well, so Congress has not declared on war on Russia, but they gave Biden a blank check for $100 billion to spend on military equipment for Ukraine. And Biden has sent troops there as well. U.S. involvement in in Vietnam began the the very same way. (laughs) No declaration of war, no authorization for the use of military force, and yet a gradual buildup of American troops as advisors and instructors, and then a congressionally supported war that saw half a million American troops deployed 10% of whom came home in body bags. And we've seen this story before. We've seen this movie before, Sam. And uh, so the U.S. involvement in Ukraine mirrors the U.S. involvement in Vietnam. It's building up the very same way as as Vietnam did. Um, And so, you know, the Judge Napolitano asks the question, are American soldiers killing Russian soldiers? Yes, he says. None of it has been authorized by Congress, but Congress has paid for it, in borrowed dollars. Well, and then finally, Judge Napolitano gives us criteria that could justify war. He says this he writes, the basis for war must be real. The adversary's anti US military behavior must be grazed. The objective of war must be clear and attainable, and the means must be proportionate to the threat. Has Russia threatened the US? No. What grave acts has the Russian military committed against the U.S.? None. What is Biden's objective? Well, he won't say. Does the Congress uphold the Constitution? Does the President? (laughs) Well, he writes, "The, uh, the answers are obvious. We have reposed the Constitution for safekeeping into the hands of those who ignore it. The consequences are death, death, and the loss. Of personal liberty end of quote well Sam I find these words to be sobering but we must admit to ourselves from time to time how far afield our general government has strayed from the Constitution I mean if we ever hope to preserve our federal republic we must understand the Constitution and hold our public servants accountable to it Sam
1: are American soldiers killing Russian soldiers Yes, they are. None of it has been authorized by Congress. But Congress has paid for it and borrowed dollars. You, you said that, but I wanted to repeat that phrase and talk about that a little bit. How does that happen without, um, well, you can either declare a war or not. Uh, you can uh, do market reprisal. There's a few constitutional remedies you have if there's a problem. But what we're doing is none. We're in basically a, a hot war by proxy right now. We've got people on the ground. We're funding this without money with money that we don't even have this is insanity
2: it is uh, insane and it's ironic that uh china has purchased uh, many many of our dollars in fact but 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 china is going to end up on the other side because they are promising supplies to to russia all right i think they want to test out some of their new munitions and um and so it it is a proxy war sam and it's I just don't like it. I mean, war it's an is unjust,
1: fast. immoral, without authority proxy war. Let's be clear. And anybody engaged mm-hmm. in it should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law as a war criminal, including Joe.
2: Yeah, absolutely right. And we have a Congress that refuses to hold him to account. And we have people in the states refusing to hold their representatives to account. Right? That's what needs to happen. We need... Citizens all over the country asking their representatives saying why aren't you holding Biden accountable here why are you spending why are why did you vote to, to spend that 47 billion dollars to fund the you, you know to purchase the munitions being used in Ukraine right we need to ask them these hard questions and everybody should every every opportunity should just be asking. And anybody
1: anybody who voted for this without authority uh, needs to be removed from office next go-round.
2: Yeah, absolutely right, Sam. It's just, it says pathetic how weak our Congress has become and how few of our public servants actually understand the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution for the United States, Sam.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, one of Lowell's favorite columnists, Gary D. Barnett, goes off, and I think this this. A push for war and lack of accountability, this lying in the media and by government without accountability, I think that Gary's column underlines the reasons for this. Lowell?
2: It certainly does, Sam. He talks about our being rendered mentally harmless by the elimination of individuality. And the bottom line, by the way, we'll get to his bottom line, but let me just tell you now the bottom line, he points the finger at our educational system. So that's where we're going with this. It, that, that is his thesis. Uh, his thesis is we've been rendered mentally harmless. Now, many of us wonder why things are as they are as they are today. You know, why unique and sovereign individuals embrace the herd mentality. Why we demand a dominant government and a government to provide so-called basic needs. He writes this. He says, quote, this does not happen due to a lack of intellect. It does not happen because of any intentional desire for one to destroy his own free will. It is the result of purposeful long-term planning on the part of the ruling class and the voluntary acceptance of dependency by the masses, end quote. So this technique, he explains, is used by an elite few whose objective is to control all others. This is why the state government schooling system was created in the first place," he writes. So there's the first hint as to why we find ourselves in our predicament. None of this is accidental in any regard, he writes, as allowing the general populace to remain self-reliant, entrepreneurial, self-sufficient, and fully literate is anathema to the authoritative element of society and is considered by the powerful elite a deadly weapon against their rule and domination, end of quote. So Sam, if self-reliance is a deadly weapon against tyranny, and it is, I believe it is, then we need more of it. We need to encourage it, which is what you and I have been doing for decades, of course. We just need more people to do this. We need to restore individuality, strong work ethic and rugged individualism and so forth. You know, you and I have been talking this way for lots of years. We just need more people to embrace it and do it. Uh, Barnett writes this, quote, the elimination of the individual leads directly to dependence on the state. This has happened because most have turned over their children to a government system bent on destroying their drive, their individual talents, and their unique abilities to live, grow, prosper, and follow their own path, end of quote. Now, it wasn't always this way, Sam. <laughs> it wasn't always this way. In fact, According to research confirmed by the Columbian and Boston Review in 1800, quote, no country on the face of the earth can boast a larger proportion of inhabitants versed in the rudiments of science or fewer who are not able to read and write their names than the United States of America. Literacy has been an obsession in America since as early as 1642. (laughs) That is a really awesome quote. And in the 1770s, Thomas, Thomas Jefferson observed this. He says, those entrusted with power have, in time and by slow operations, perverted it into tyranny. And it is believed that the most effectual means of preventing this would be to illuminate, as far as practicable, the minds of the people at large. End of quote. Well, we did well in the 18th and 19th century, Sam. Literacy was nearly universal in this country. But it goes deeper than mere literacy, according to Gary D. Barnett. Quote, having the ability to communicate with others intelligently in conversation and being able to write and successfully present thoughts and information was common. Even with this advanced society of the time, much more was required in order to remain free and prosperous. That was the independent spirit of the individual, entrepreneurial drive, self-reliance, and a high degree of confidence, end of quote. So this is where Barnett describes active literacy, you know, where most people worked for themselves, where they owned their own businesses, or they worked for someone else as an apprentice with the intent to own their own business, right? That's how things went in the 17th and 18th, 19th centuries. That's why we were such a prosperous country, with rugged individualism, where countless farms dotted the countryside. Working for someone else was a rarely considered idea. I mean, nobody thought that way. But what do our children hear in their schools nowadays, right? That's the question. You go to school, this is what we're telling your children nowadays. Go to school, get an education so you can get a job. Learn the skills required to succeed as an employee. Well, that's just exactly opposite of how we lived our lives in the 18th and 19th centuries. So, Sam, I admire entrepreneurs a great deal. I wish we had more of them. I really do. But it's corporatism in America that has changed us. For corporatism and for big government to succeed, society had to be dumbed down. And what better place to dumb down society than in the schools? Barnett puts it this way. He writes, quote, What more perfect solution could there be to indoctrinate an entire society than a prison-like existence, brainwashing, and obedience training centers called public schools? (laughs) End of quote. You know, that's exactly what they are, obedience training centers, (laughs) these public schools, these government schools. I, uh, it's, 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 it's a crazy uh, yeah o- they become herd training mentality system. training centers <laughs>
1: ladies and gentlemen and I love so, the point that he makes is this so long as people continue to expect government to give them things at the expense of others so long as they think of government welfare as a quote right so long as they think of and expect to be protected or enriched by government, enacting laws and policies to do the bidding, so long as the masses look to the collective herd instead of self, and so long as people do not become fully independent, self-responsible individuals, the state will rule, and the people will be slaves. They'll be condemned to slavery, Lowell. He really highlights the reality of the end game of the direction. Uh, the um, I don't know what you want to call it. The road we're on, right?
2: Yeah, he absolutely does. And and so, folks, that's why we need to change our thinking. You know, we need people to once again embrace the idea of the individual, critical thinking, self determination, independent existence. But he brings,
1: he brings the problem right down to we're all going to be slaves if we continue on the road. But you want to know what I love about this guy, Lowell? Yeah. The solutions he brings to the table as well. He doesn't just lead you down the road of, oh, man, ain't it awful. He highlights the reality check for sure. But then he says this. No large-scale reform. Go ahead, Lowell. This is really yeah. important because this encompasses the solution.
2: No large-scale reform is ever going to work to repair our damaged children or our damaged society until we force open the idea of school to include family as the main engine of education. If we use schooling to break children away from parents, and make no mistake, that has been the central function of schools since John Cotton announced it as the purpose of the Bay Colony Schools in in 1650, and Horace Mann announced it as the purpose of Massachusetts schools in 1850, we're basically saying if, if we use schooling to break children away from parents, then we're going to continue to have the horror show we have right now. End of quote.
1: And boy, howdy, is that spot on?
2: Boy, I had never heard that, Sam, that the Bay, you know, from the Bay Colony schools in 1650, that, that early. Now, I was familiar with Horace Mann and his writing to separate uh, children from the parents in 1850, but I never knew that the seed for that was planted in 1650. That's pretty astonishing in my opinion, but the schools nowadays, that's exactly what they intend to continue to do, Sam. They want to keep children as far away from parents as possible. They teach these students that they are learning material that their parents don't know, so don't even ask your parents about the material. They don't know nothing. You know, you're the, you're the educated one here, they're telling the students in the school. You don't need to run to your parents for anything because we are going to teach you. We'll take care of you, right? And, and, yes, and, and is, they
1: think of more reasons to keep your kids away longer, longer, longer during the day. Every program under the sun is implemented, right?
2: <laughs> that's right. And that brings us to this, uh, you know, some of the bad bills passed uh, in the Utah legislature uh, just uh, in in the recent session, which thankfully ended last week. But one of the bad, bad bills was all-day kindergarten, Sam, full-day kindergarten amendments, a bill by Spendlove and Colomore, passed both houses. This bill makes full-day kindergarten available for all local education agencies, LEAs they call them with an option for half-day kindergarten. This puts our children in the hands of the state sooner and longer, Sam. Full-day kindergarten coming to a school near you right here in Utah, Sam. It's sickening.
1: And expect it to get worse unless we the people take corrective action and do so quickly. And you've got to look at it as an individual, family-oriented discussion with parents leading the way to protect their children from this, in my opinion, uh, this war we're in. You've got to protect your kids. We're in a war, folks. This is nothing to mess with. Well, I'm just thankful, as Lowell is, that the 45-day session of the Utah legislature is over for 2023. Like I say, I call us under siege during that thing. Thank heavens it's over, Lowell.
2: Well, uh, you got that right, Sam. I picked three bills. That were the, probably the best bills of the session, and uh, uh, number one was the transgender medical treatments and procedures amendments. This uh, Senate Bill 16 was passed for the veto-proof majorities and was signed by the governor. This bill prohibits surgery on a minor to effect a sex change. It prohibits hormonal transgender treatments on minors who are not already getting them and allows an individual to bring a medical malpractice action for treatment provided to the individual as a minor if that individual later disaffirms consent now that last part i think is dynamite because basically what we're saying is that if you're a minor and you have a sex change surgery done or a transgender hormonal treatment done and you later disaffirm that you can sue the for medical malpractice you can sue the doctor who did that to you, right? So if you have a, if you're a girl and you have someone remove your breast, then later on down the road you decide that was medical malpractice and you don't want that anymore. You can sue the doctor who who uh, removed your breast. So I think that's going to be, I, I think that's going to put a big chilling effect. It's on not enough, but it's a doctors. huge
1: step in the right direction, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely right. Big 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 chilling effect on on the doctors who would. Would, would be performing those surgeries. And, and by the way, they want that, they wanted the freedom to do those surgeries because it's so lucrative. They get tens of thousands of dollars for those kinds of surgeries. Yeah, and think so, twice,
1: perverts. All right, there you go.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, next bill that was a good one, House Bill 467, uh, passed both houses. Uh, it was entitled Abortion Changes. It, among other things, prohibits the licensing of abortion clinics after May 2nd. Of this year. So no more Planned Parenthood clinics after May 2nd of this year is getting their license to, to do abortions. That's, that's a good thing because we'll be saving babies lives is what we're doing here. And finally the third bill which I thought count as a good one, the House Bill 427, Individual Freedom in Public Education passed both houses. This bill ensures that all instructional materials and classroom instruction are consistent with the principles of inalienable rights, equal opportunity, An individual merit. Basically, Sam, this bill outlaws CRT and other divisive curricula from Utah schools. And actually, over the weekend, Sam, I met the husband of an assistant principal in a school in the Granite School District, and he told us, a little group of us, he said that his wife spends the majority of her time, she's an assistant principal, right, at one of these schools, she spends the majority of her time policing the curriculum what, what and policing what is being taught in the classrooms, and what is available in the school library. And, and there haven't been any complaints from parents in the Granite School District because this assistant principal is so stringent and so good at policing the curriculum, you know, whatever is being taught in, in her high school. And, and, and so I'm just saying personnel matters. I mean, if you get an assistant principal in there who, who actually cares about the, the children and about the students, then you can, you know, police away all of the, the bad stuff that's in the school libraries. And, and, uh, and so the students actually get, you know, they're not exposed to the porn and transgender agenda. So I, I, I thought that was a good thing. Although I still believe, as you do, Sam, the best thing to do is get your children out. Of the public schools. Yeah, we've got to fight
1: everywhere. It's a good start, though, Lola. I agree. Incremental (laughs) efforts and positive changes are, are what we need for sure. Three bad bills to highlight really quick.
2: Yeah, Senate Bill 31, State Flag Amendments. Basically, this bill establishes a new state flag for Utah, which seems to be a woke flag without much of the deep symbolism that's on our current flag. But a lot of people don't want a new flag, and so a referendum petition has been filed, and if the opponents can gather 135,000 signatures signatures in the next 30 days, then the question will be put on the next general election ballot in 2024. Let the voters of Utah decide whether we want a new flag or not. Next bad bill we talked about earlier is a full-day kindergarten. And the third bad bill I wanted to mention is really a series of bills. Sam, you would not believe dozens and dozens of bills sink us Deeper into socialism. I mean, you got disability coverage, Medicaid dental waiver, first time homebuyer assistance, modifications to Medicaid coverage, Medicaid doula services, medical debt relief, utility bill assistance. Sam, this list could go on for pages. And these are the bills that got passed by the Utah legislature, which just sink us deeper, ever deeper into socialism. Sam. Yeah,
1: socialism on steroids, ladies and gentlemen, a.k.a. the, uh, in my opinion, deep state session holding the Utah's under siege for 2023. It's disaster, lol.
2: <laughs> and so just like most legislative sessions, you know, you got the legislators up there patting themselves on the back saying, boy, we did good. But I'm telling you, Sam, we achieved a few, maybe count them on one hand, victories, but we suffered numerous defeats can't count those on both hands and both feet, all the number of defeats we we took. So, Sam, we need to identify the legislators who do not understand the proper rule of government, and we need to replace them with public servants who will stand for liberty. Sam?
1: Boy, how did we got a row to hoe, ladies and gentlemen. Look, you've got to elect good congressmen and senators at the state and the general level. And if you do, you know what? Um, Then it's easy to babysit them. If you don't, ladies and gentlemen, it's impossible to corral them. Understand that your influence needs to happen way before the ballot box of who you're gonna elect because they set the slate of who your choices are. Remember that. If you want real choice, it starts much earlier. It starts in the canvassing. It starts in the vetting. It starts in the um, delegates. It starts in the vetting. It start, All those things are the key to the exercise. And if you don't do that, then you get a slate of candidates where there's just no good answers. That's the problem we face today, folks. You've got to get involved much earlier in the game. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org. Thank you so much, sir. Great work.
2: Welcome, Sam. Good to be with you.
1: There he goes. Doing a phenomenal job, as always, on your radio. I'm Sam Bushman, LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Share the love. God save the republic.